Hello and welcome to episode three of the Esports Review, the show where two, sometimes three, talking heads gather around a table or digital table and talk about something related to competitive gaming. Uh, if you like this, check us out on esportsmaybe.com. Uh, this week we're going to be discussing the impact of live streaming in esports. Uh, I'm Patrick, and we've got the best beard in the business, Ben Sizemore here. But most importantly, with us today, we have the jack of all trades of esports, Ben Goldhaber. That's correct. <laughs> Hello, everybody. How's it going? I almost, I almost pronounced the Goldhaber like 14 times in my head, um, and I think I just pre prepared incorrectly. It's no worries. I'm used to it. I, I imagine. Um, so welcome, Ben, to the esports review. Uh, the, the French show where we spell review with a U. Um, <laughs> how are you today? How's your Friday going? You're up early for I'm us. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm up a little bit early. Got Twitch Weekly later in the day, uh, but happy to be here. I love talking about esports, and uh, thanks for inviting me. Of course. It's good to have you. Uh, you said you get, you get to do a little less esports stuff nowadays, so we'll, we'll try to, I don't know, kind of get you back on that train. Yes. Yes. I need it. I need it. <laughs> Feed me esports. Ah. Um, so yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to be digging into the kind of the impact of live streaming, uh, since, since we have been here, um, and, and, you know, Ben Sizemore is, is, has kind of been using the Twitch platform since, since kind of the dawn of, I guess, of Justin TV even, um, yeah. and, and Ben, other Ben has been there since, since the beginning. Um, you know, I think it'd be a good opportunity to kind of bring the two together and have them, have them chat. Um, first I want to kind of lay... A little, a little, set a little stage for you here. I guess tell, tell a story as I tend to do. I, my name is Patrick Ryan, so it's, it's all Irish blood, uh, and all I have is stories and drinking. Um, so anyway, bef before we start, Ben, I want to know how do you spell esports? Um, you know, I I'm an outlier here. Okay. I don't give a damn. <laughs> that, that is honestly my truthful opinion. You know, esports. A couple of years ago, is should it even be called esports? Should it be competitive gaming, pro gaming? I'm just glad that we finally have agreed that we're calling it esports now. Even the fighting game community and Smash community is calling it esports and embracing the term. So at least we've come that far. But frankly, semantics don't really matter to me. Um, it, I always found it kind of funny how passionate people would get about this subject. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's good to have uniformity, but I, I seriously <laughs> don't care. I mean, I think that, that, that piggybacks off of what we were talking in pre-show about, you know, just uh, everyone being positive in esports and not kind of, you know, digging around in the muck and the mire and instead prioritizing, I don't mm -hmm. know, having a good time and being positive. Yeah. Scoots won't let it go, though. He, <laughs> he, I mean, a lot of my closest friends uh, really care about this subject, I, and I don't yeah. know why. I just like, don't. Uh, I noticed the other day he was talking to uh, the ESPN guy, Darren. Uh, the, the new editor, and he was just like, just yeah. make sure that you spell it capital E, lowercase s. And I'm just like, it it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Now, Patrick, Patrick will get you. Same page here. Yeah, it just doesn't <laughs> matter. It's a word. It's a word. Let it be a word. I mean, I used to read a book back in college just called, like, Thank You for Arguing. So, I, <laughs> like, I think at a certain point, it's just in my blood to, to argue about something that doesn't matter at all. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's thrilled. Yeah. Uh, so, Kind of setting the stage here, you know, esports live streaming. Um, I went back through the um, esportsearnings.com, which is a pretty useful website to kind of see the history of, of what's been earned year over year. Um, and you can actually see from, you know, year over year how much money has been earned in esports. Um, and since 2011, there's been quite the exponential growth that's occurred. Uh, so I, I would really point to, you know, an increased amount of money going into the esports scene, most likely because of live streaming. I want to get both of your takes on that and see if that's something that's maybe maybe connected or not connected and, and how that would impact um, 
live streaming and esports and, and earnings in general. Um, I think it's, it's worth it to look in, into larger audiences. I mean, why have audiences grown? Um, I think, you know, pointing to OGN and um, CJ Antis' investment in C uh, StarCraft II way back in the day and kind of the, the, the dawn of Twitch, where, where, the, where did that come from? Um, I'd love to hear, again, about the history of that. That's very interesting to me. There's been a lot of, at least on my end, a lot of digging on the internet, looking for history uh, related to live streaming and esports and documentaries, videos, anything from Twitch explaining the history of all this stuff. And it's so hard to find. So Ben, please tell me all these stories because um, I'm super, super interested. Um, from there, balanced competition, games, video games being more focused on balancing um, interaction between players. You look at something like Dota 2, their philosophy is to overpower each um, God, champion. I, get, I, I have so much trouble. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, give them lots of super, super strong powers and unbalance the game. League of Legends goes the opposite direction with their design philosophy. Riot tends to rein champions in if they're too strong. So I, I think maybe to a certain extent, live streaming has allowed for these game developers to better balance their games and see players interact in those games and, and actually provide a better game experience for the players so it can be more competitive. Um, and then ecosystem growth in general, right? Like you look at YouTube gaming, Azubu, Hitbox, dang it, yada, 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 yada. Um, so I think in general, you've kind of got these, these really interesting categories of growth um, that have occurred across the, a couple of different areas. Um, and I know I just threw a bunch of shit your way. Basically, Ben, uh, Mr. Fishsticks, how, how do you feel about any of that? Where, where do you want to dig in? What do you think is interesting? Sure. Uh, so one thing to, to, to really keep in mind when we're talking about live streaming, and to folks that have been around for a while, this is, this is really basic stuff. You, you already know this, uh, but it's new technology. The internet is still pretty young, you have to remember, and live streaming was not feasible. It just simply was not feasible on a large scale uh, in a profitable manner until the advent of platforms like Justin TV, uh, Ustream, and so on. Uh, so it's a very new phenomenon. It's just about six or seven years old, really, uh, and it's only actually been stable for less than that. Um, so the the growth of esports definitely it, it was definitely affected by live streaming, absolutely, because it's a technological revolution. Uh, what used to be, oh man, I gotta go, I gotta go buy the most expensive computer. I gotta figure out this crazy Winamp setup. Uh, you know, it used to be technically an incredible challenge to even put an audio stream out to the world, mm -hmm. but it also used to be incredibly expensive. You know, you you can go back and, and hear interviews from Red Eye, DJ Wheat, the guys that were doing this back in the early, early 2000s, and they would have to drop 10, 15 grand to broadcast to several thousand people for a weekend. So uh, with the advent of live streaming platforms, not only was it possible for tournaments to launch and do a live broadcast without, uh, you know, sinking a ton of money into it. It also allowed, obviously, the players to stream their own gameplay, which uh, it affected the ecosystem potentially even in a more intense way. Because uh, pre previously, even tournaments, they could still put together the tech. You know, they could. It was a lot of work, but you could still put together a broadcast if you needed to. But mm -hmm. uh, with the advent of these platforms, suddenly it was democratized and everybody was able to contribute to the esports content space, um, which really, really accelerated everything. I mean, you've, guys got, you've got guys like Hotshot GG or in the very early days of League of Legends, which were getting 10, 20,000 viewers back when tournaments barely got that, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that just exploded into this whole world where now... A player has even more diversified ways to gain fans, you know, make money, all these things. So uh, live streaming helped 
both the top end, but also the bottom end of esports. You know, just everyone rise in unison uh, with the advent of that technology, really. Did you find that tournament growth um, was reliant on those players? Like you mentioned Hotshot. I think Wicked was the big one in EU, right? The, those kind of two big League of Legends streamers. Were, they, was it, were, were tournaments reliant on having them in the tournament in order to get the viewer base? Like was it, was it did they, you know, the, the big names, like, the, you know, Bjergsen's not in a tournament today. Did, yeah. Do you see numbers kind of? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, it, it, that's always going to be the case in mainstream sports and esports. The fan favorite players are going to bring potentially double, triple the, the viewership uh, if, it's a, if it's a great NBA Finals versus a, a poor NBA Finals or the same thing can be said for esports. Um, but I do think that live streaming even uh, exacerbates that further. You know, Bjergsen, uh, you know, he uh, on his own personal channel can bring more viewers than a lot of esports championships can for the smaller games. So absolutely, uh, this, this impacts viewership in a huge way. You know, TSM CLG was the way that of course, Riot ushered in the new LCS season this year, and it got, you know, we haven't seen that many viewers since that first match uh, for, for pretty obvious reasons. I mean, this is a storied championship. You've got Bjergsen and Doublelift and all these, uh, all these names that are not just incredibly talented players, but have insanely huge fan bases, um, a lot due to live streaming. Did they have oh. more viewers than Fnatic and Origin? Uh, yes. Okay, I was going to say, because when I, I looked, so. like, the Fnatic Origin game had, like, close to 300K, I think, or something like that, whenever I was watching it, and I didn't actually get official viewer numbers for the CLG TSM game. So you're saying NA uh, is better than EU? Yeah, right? basically, that's yeah. That's, saying. yeah. Are, you getting, are you getting into the was... Muckenmire, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> no, going to stay away from that one. It just so happens that NA has popular players, guys. <laughs> it's also, I mean, you're looking at, at a region versus, like, you know, something like Fnatic mm -hmm. where they're they're... You know they're based in Sweden, right? Like I think they're they're kind of region locked to a certain extent. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Right. And time frames and time periods and stuff like that also play a big deal with viewership numbers within, especially within the LCS. Because I know uh, that was a big big issue uh, during the off season with fans of like the the EU and everything when they were saying that they wish that they were on, you know, Saturday and Sunday so they could watch it because they're on such a different time schedule and, like, it's so early or late and, you know, everything like that. So, that yeah. I mean, everything like that plays into the, the viewership numbers that come back. That's why people don't watch the Challenger series, I guess, because yeah. it's at, like, you know, like 10. Or Korea. The, yeah. I mean, the LCK, I mean, it, it's, like, I get to watch it because I'm awake at work. So, but I mean, like, not everyone. You're not watching. Can, you're not watching esports at work. Yeah, I'm not watching esports at work. But like, no, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> that would be weird. Why would? Why would you? Yeah, do that? why would I do that? Why would I spend my my, my no work time doing that? But I mean, you know, not everyone here, like on the East Coast, or even on, on well, it maybe even a little easier for people on the West Coast if you're a late going to bed. But I mean, on the East Coast, it's like 5 a.m. to to watch these matches. So I mean, unless you're like a diehard fan and have nothing else going on in your life, then. I mean, it's hard to watch those matches unless you're going to watch them on VOD. So. Sure. What is so? I have a qu that, that maybe Ben. I'm curious. This is like this is how my brain works. If you haven't. Yeah, yeah. Um, Go for it. The the VOD experience on Twitch. Where why can't I just push watch later and like have like a cache of videos that I want to watch that like I use like I you know when I use YouTube I just push watch later and I can watch that VOD. Is that a thing? Like, is that a thing that I can do? Is there a tool out there for me? Is there uh, anything? I, I actually don't know if there is. Um, it's a great idea. I like it a lot. Okay, because I, I would mean, just I would whole... use that like way more than yeah. I would YouTube. Just yeah. and if I could do the two times speed, oh man, things would be 
Oh yeah, I mean, we, we we know that there's a lot of room for us to improve. I'm, just, I'm, I'm not going to throw features platform. at you. I'm not going to see that guy. <laughs> no, like that's actually a cool idea. I like it a lot. Uh, but you know, on, like, honestly, I've been at Twitch for all my five years. Is coming up in a week or two. Um, but almost all of our interest or all of our resources have just gone into scaling at this point. You know, we've literally doubled in viewership every single year uh, since 2011, and. Uh, most of our uh, our energy just goes into creating a, as stable a platform as possible, and uh, that's it. Yeah, uh, but that. yeah, VOD VOD is definitely on our radar. We want to make sure that that, that experience improves. So uh, the, the, you mentioned 2011. Maybe this is a good place to kind of just sure. jump in there and say, like, yeah, what have you seen? You know, in this esports earnings website from 2005 on or whatever, you know, the growth is is maybe a million, million and a half over. Um, so it's it's you know growing. It's, it, it tends to grow pretty significantly, but then once 2011 hits, you see this massive exponential growth. And, and now in 2015, there was $64 million in total prize pool winnings, at least calculated by this website, that's, I'm sure. That's up from $30 sure. million in 2014. Yeah. So, I mean, like that yeah. was a huge, huge jump. And that's the biggest yeah. jump there's been. Yeah. Um, so how has is, how is live streaming impacted that? You know, what, what, where do you see it kind of moving f forward? Um, uh, I mean, you know, uh, live streaming is definitely a piece of the, the picture. Uh, but it's only it's only one part of it. I mean, if you look at 2010, 2011, this was the launch of StarCraft II beta. This was the launch of League of Legends beta. Street Fighter IV had just launched. Uh, so before that point, it was actually kind of a dark age for esports. The the financial crash happened in 2008, and with it, most of the big esports e e organizations crumbled. You know, we saw CPL, which was the foundation, the backbone of esports, crumble. We saw WSVG. Uh, fall apart. Uh, we saw WCG uh, really fall from grace. WCG was never the same uh, after that point. Um, uh, I could go on and on. There's a bunch more acronyms that basically died in the 2007-2008 era, and we we had to rebuild from scratch. Luckily, a bunch of really amazing games come out uh, in 2009, 2010, 2011, which powers the next esports revolution. Uh, but it was if you do remember, if, if you were if you were around and 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 hungry about esports content back then, StarCraft II beta drops, everybody starts streaming it. It was Team Liquid that really aggregated all of these broadcasts together, and I can I can still to this to this day remember seeing streams with two, three, four thousand viewers like Liquid Noni, like Tyler back in the day, all these guys broadcasting the beta everyone was so hungry for esports content that they just ate up everything they could possibly get and back then you know i i hadn't seen streams with more than a few hundred viewers you know we were happy when we got 40 viewers for our audio broadcasts of quake wars back in 2008 um so uh the this technology became very relevant in everyone's eyes all of a sudden i think actually Maybe it was thanks to the fact that StarCraft II was a closed beta at first, and that was really the only way to, to catch gameplay on day one was to tune into the live streams. But uh, the technology launched, and suddenly uh, these games were accessible to everybody. And StarCraft II really blew up, and um, you know our, our founders have been upfront about this. It was StarCraft II, which was the original origin for Twitch. Uh, it was watching StarCraft II gameplay on Justin TV that... Our CEO, our current CEO, Emmett Shear, uh, that was what he liked watching by far the most on the platform. Uh, so then, you know, that that's why I decided to pivot and go towards gaming. Um, but yeah, I mean, live streaming is obviously important for the, the reasons that we already covered. You know, the players 
uh, it, it made it feasible to be a player and not at the very top. You could still make money. You could still make a living. It made it so tournaments didn't have to pay huge fees to broadcast their events. In fact, they're able to sell sponsorships much more effectively now because they're able to eat, reach a much, much wider audience. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's just part of the ecosystem, but it was a very, very important part. Like I heard you mention that um, the, so like any, in one of the interviews, you know, I was saying I've watched every, every interview you've ever done just because I'm, I, this is the way I operate. But anyway, it's great. Um, the, <laughs> you've mentioned something about uh, any, anybody can put a couple thousand dollars into an esports tournament today and they're going to, they stand to gain, you know, 50,000 uniques or something incredible like that. And for, <laughs> this, this, should, this should stand for the next, you know, 10, potentially 10 years where the ROI of putting this money into a tournament, you know, you really stand to get a lot out of it. Is, have you still found that that's, that's, that's still kind of continuing at that pace? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure which interview that was. That was probably one a couple of years back. Right, I, you look really young, so I mean, I imagine <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Maybe you were really excited about it, and it, it was. I was just curious to know, you know, like, no, could, I, I mean, could I get five grand to put it into a tournament and stream it on Twitch and, and stand to actually make some money from that? If you choose your game and community correctly, yes. Uh, esports has changed a lot since I believe uh, the interview that uh, you're referencing. Oh. Uh, so, so much because, uh, you know, you can't do that in League of Legends. You can't do that in Dota 2. You can't do that in CSGO. You can't do that. Well, you might be able to do that in StarCraft 2 now. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's just pure economic functions, right? Mm -hmm. If uh, if a scene has tons of opportunity and a little bit of money goes a long way, guess what? It's going to get flooded with money. Um, that's what we've seen. That's what we saw happen with StarCraft 2 in the very early days when everyone thought StarCraft II was the next, you know, the biggest eSport, and it was the biggest eSport for a little while, all of a sudden DreamHack, IAM, MLG, IPL, all these organizations jumped in. The market quickly became extremely oversaturated. Same exact thing happened with Dota 2. For a little while, top Dota 2 teams were going from North America to Europe to Asia to North America to Europe to Asia on back-to-back -back flights because there were tournaments every single weekend. Everyone wanted to get in. Uh, and obviously when that happens, the ROI is gonna diminish. We're seeing it happen right now with Counter-Strike. I'm not trying to say Counter-Strike is, uh, is it's dead. It's not a dead game. It's still, still probably the second biggest esport in the scene right now. But it's way harder now today than it was one or two years ago to put money into the scene and get ROI. And that said, if you're savvy, you can look around and see, hey, Smash is blowing up right now, um, but there still isn't a ton of money in it. Um, so what ways can I contribute to the scene and help the, help the scene grow uh, and put my money in there and get ROI? There still are scenes where it's very, very possible, and I would almost say StarCraft II is like that again. Um, you know, There's less and less tournaments than there were in the past, so hosting a $5,000 online cup actually might be pretty damn good ROI. Uh, but yeah, it's it's constantly in flux, man. Because you're going to get talked about at least, at the very least, right? Like you're uh, you stand to. Yeah. What what about a painkiller tournament? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I'd, I'd watch it, dude. I'd watch. It. Uh, you might be able to get Vu and uh. Call and Fatality up. Get him. Get him on there. Yeah. <laughs> Make the comeback. I saw him at CES. He was playing Black Ops Three against little kids and beating them. I was like, yeah. oh man, that. <laughs> that's that's a pretty when cool you know. It's when you know you've made it. <laughs> yeah. Right there. Got your own gaming gear? I'm, that would be so yeah. cool. Anyway, dude, here's right. his own motherboard. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. It's, it's real life stuff. Um, <laughs> man, so Ben, um, where do you see the future going then? Like, you know, you mentioned all these different tournaments that are popping up where it's hard to get into League of Legends, it's hard to get into the Counter Strike um, you know, because of all this competition. You mentioned Smash. Um, 
I, I, I am a big fan of speedrunning as a as yeah. that community. Um, do you do you see that or other other component like rhythm game? You know these these other games that maybe yet haven't hit that competitive stride. Do you do you see that kind of being the I don't know the future of esports or the future of live streaming in esports? Um, yeah, I mean I I think that there will be plenty more games. I mean. I hate to sound like a broken record, but again, you have to remember how young our industry is. Mm -hmm. There's so much opportunity for new games to come in, and I think we're just at the beginning of all of this. And this is I'm very biased here. Look, I, I'll be very upfront about this, but I think Overwatch is a genius, brilliant new genre, which will be dominant in esports for years to come. It may not be Overwatch, but uh, just the idea of like having... Uh, first-person shooter, arena-based first-person shooter, and then smashing MOBA elements into a first-person shooter environment, I think that's goddamn genius. I love it. I, I, I'm obsessed with that game for this reason. So um, there's so much innovation, I think, that we're, we're yet to even see in the esports space. So there will continue to be more games. And mark my words, League of Legends will be dethroned one day. Sure. Uh, it might not be five years. It might not be ten years. <clears throat> but it might be two years. Maybe who knows? I, I don't know. Um, but it, I, I'm sure it will happen one day. Um, maybe it's League of Legends too. I don't know. Um, <laughs> They're never gonna come out with that's that game. That's never gonna happen. <laughs> who knows? I hope so. That'd be great. So yeah. the the hero shooter you think is gonna be the kind of the hot new genre moving forward, like the gigantics battle battleborn or whatever that's called. The you know, I, I don't know. I I personally have a lot of faith in in Overwatch. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's the game that I've been waiting to play for basically forever. Um, because was, Titan were, came out, you know, like that, that announcement came out <laughs> however long ago, and you've been waiting since uh, then, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. If, if you watched my older interviews, you, you maybe caught the fact that I've been playing niche, uh, undervalued, underserved, tiny community FPS games for basically my entire life. Um, and this is the one FPS, this is the one FPS game which appeals to me in the fact that it's like a crazy arena shooter but also has a very wide appeal, so it's it's the it's the game of my dreams. But have you played Reflex? Uh, you know, I, I've played for a very short amount of time, and it's just Quake. Yeah, it's Quake CPMA, which is awesome. I love Quake. Um, I, I never played a ton of CPMA. I've played a ton of Quake Live, but uh, it's not innovating. It's just another right. Quake. Yeah. It's Quake with better graphics. Like it's not gonna catch a wide new audience. It's, I hate to say it. What about Crossfire? Now, now I'm just getting into the rabbit hole, but I saw that they made like 1.1 billion in microtransactions, and I've never even played the game. It's all in China. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I mean... You're, it doesn't appeal to you. I, I don't know enough about the Chinese esports scene, unfortunately, uh, to make conjectures there. Um, it's kind of funny. You talk about esports, and then, then you talk about Chinese esports. It's kind of its own, own thing. It's own little bubble over here. But it's, it's hard to get access to it, right? I guess the, the, the most recent connection is the ESPN uh, Tencent kind of yeah. connection, mm -hmm. and that's really the first one we've seen. Um, should be exciting. So Ben and Ben, I want you to, to kind of bump heads. Both of you, you know, I, I, I'm a bitch when it comes to live streaming. I'm afraid to share my life with people in, in a legitimate way because I like to play video games by myself if I'm going to have the time to even play them. Um, but Ben Sizemore here plays and, and is happy to stream and, and is, is, is of a mind that I don't quite understand. And I would love to understand it more. So if the two of you can put your heads together, tell me about the history of Twitch, and then try to convince me why I should be streaming or why anyone should stream when it comes to esports or, or anything else. Like, how do I get into it? Where, I don't know. Like, can you kind of tell me, <clears throat> tell me give, give me a guide, kind of? You just have to do it. 
I mean, honestly, stop I, that, being a bitch. Basically, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's the way that I got into it. I mean, back in the the JTV days, like like I said, I watched Swifter play. And I was just like, oh, this is really uh, the cool. true OG. Yeah. OGs. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was, uh, like, saw Swifter play, and then I saw, like, his, like, uh, little, like, streaming guide or something like that. And, that. and that was back in the day when you said, like, you had so many different things that had to go into it. Like, he was like, oh, this is how you set your mixer up to go into your computer. And, like, you know, you need this yeah. for your voice and everything. I'm just like, what is, what is good? I can't afford to do all this. But, I mean, I got a Hava HD Pro capture card and like learned how to set that up and just streamed cod 4 that i mean that's that's what i did and then you know that transitioned into modern warfare 2 and then unfortunately i stopped for a long time uh and didn't hop on the twitch train whenever it like blew up uh and then you know now that the market is flooded it's hard to get back into that because obviously i play the popular games like league of legends and things like that and it's it's hard to break viewership in that but i mean like honestly the the biggest thing is just to do it i mean you can't you can't really be afraid i mean you you just you just gotta do it it's the same thing with making any kind of other content you just can't be afraid yeah. you just gotta jump in don't test the water dive so in is it is it making content versus like I, I think of live streaming as a different thing than like making a video for youtube like i think of those as very different well, and it, are they Kind of, sure, to I an mean, extent. Yeah. yeah. If you want them to be. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of these people will take highlights of their stream and turn that into YouTube, like content. So. But that's gar. I think that's garbage. Well, I mean, people do it, and it seems to work for most of these people. What? What? I mean, it, it, it depends. I mean, uh, the thing about Twitch uh, that really sets it apart from YouTube or or anything else ever in human history is just the fact that you can interact directly yeah. with people from all around the world. Uh, and they have that immediate feedback. So instead of creating an educational uh, esports maybe video about you know X or Y, you can you can talk about those things, but you're also having a conversation with the people in your chat in real time. And we've got people in chat right now, and I I can respond to them. Uh, and that is what sets Twitch apart. It's that immediate feedback, that audience to broadcaster interaction, uh, and you can do whatever you want with that. I mean. It can just be about your community. It can be just about your gameplay. We have broadcasters that it it could it could it couldn't matter less what they're playing. It just uh, it's all about how they interact, how they speak to their fans. And then you have folks, um, you know, that it, it's all about the gameplay. And then you have folks that it's all about uh, maybe they don't interact with chat a lot, but uh, they're really funny. Or maybe they're they're not really funny, but they have a ton of insight and insider information. Um, or maybe they're really educational. Like there's there's a million different things that you can do with your Twitch stream, uh, and I think that's why it's really appealing to vast, wide audiences. Mm-hmm. Like I, I watched Piano Impro Man the other day, and I was just so amazed oh, to yeah. watch like an, an older guy feel comfortable and, and like watching some of the spam that would pop up on his twat on his Twitch. I just called it twat. <laughs> uh, uh, on his chat was like uh, you know some of it was kind of sad like the donations like I was like oh man like he doesn't quite understand how to use this yet but that was almost entertaining in and of itself right like that like some of that stuff was able to sneak up on screen and like a donation would happen and like some bad word would be up there and it's like oh man this like 50 year old guy I don't 70 year old guy is like have you ever watched Raynad stream before Patrick well, I'm, I, I avoid all of that like all of that like, well, really negative. yeah like, as, as you should if, if he would just name? yeah Crip like if you would, you could like just turn off, like yourself, Raynad's Twitch notifications and stuff, like from his, uh, 
uh, his donations and stuff, his stream would be way better. Like, I feel awful for that guy most of the time. He just gets trolled constantly. And, like, you can tell he gets frustrated with it, obviously, from the billions of YouTube highlights that people put up on YouTube of him. Well, that's, like, the, just, that's his personal... Yeah, like, like that's his thing. That he wants to. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean... He, he chooses he, not to. Well, he chooses he, to endure the, the, the He raised the amount of money that, like, to actually get the message to show up, and people still donate. So, I mean, like, I can see why he does it. Can and you speak to the culture at all, then, Ben? Like the like the we're talking about this Twitch culture that exists, where like you know you have your your trolls, you have your your kind of the like is that ignore? Do you ignore that intentionally? Where like you know Twitch doesn't even really talk about that because that culture is kind of pervasive. It seems in chat where they're the hefty majority is just fifteen year old kids that are spamming you know Kappa. I mean, look, uh, it's the internet. Um, it's the internet. Folks can be anonymous. Uh, you you know what happens? <laughs> like this yeah. is not a new phenomenon per se. Um, I don't want to give the impression that Twitch doesn't care though. We, we absolutely do. Uh, and and we, we try to create tools to allow broadcasters to manage this. It's not easy. It's, it's actually very difficult to be an effective community manager within your own Twitch community. Uh, but that's generally how I think about it. It's like uh, I, I've always, on a personal level, I've always been of the belief that trolls can be swayed. Um, mm -hmm effective community management can happen on a, on a small level, on a big level. It can happen if the right voices speak up and, 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 and speak out against trolling, against hatred, against bigotry, all that stuff. I believe it can be swayed. Um, it's just a thing where, uh, again, I, I will come back to this like individual community example. I think each broadcaster is their own community, has their own community, has their own way of managing that. Uh, some, some broadcasters I love to watch just happen to really encourage trolly behavior, yeah. and that's their thing. They like doing it, um, and it's not—it's no, you know, that, that's just being part of their community. Um, so, you know, Twitch, we do care, uh, but it's—it's it's ultimately up to the broadcasters themselves and their moderation team yeah. to figure out what work, works best for them. And hate say, is like, closer to love too. Sorry, but yeah. I, I, well, that's where my head went. I mean, at a certain point, I mean, like if, if you get as big as Crip, who's constantly pulling in like twenty-six, you know, to thirty thousand people per stream, I mean. At a certain point, he just really doesn't care what people say in chat because it blows. If you ever watch his chat, you can't, like, go through it. It's impossible to actually follow because people are just spamming constantly, constantly, constantly just typing. And it, it's really hard to see that. And, I mean, as someone trying to moderate that chat, there's no chance to do that. Like, there, there's just no reason to even try to do that. So, I mean, at a point... When you get that big, I guess you'd just be like, "Well, all right, just do do Not what makes you go. feel right." But then, like, you go to stream chats like Hafu. Like, I, I love watching like Hafu play. Like, she's great. But like, her chat always seems like there's actual conversations within it, and not just like the you know random kappas everywhere and stuff like that. And so more of a community notes. versus yeah. A, I don't know a massive. Exp so yeah. then. Uh, the, the, the actual growth around live streaming, esports, uh, you know, we, we've kind of broken down, I think, pretty rel relatively well, at least the, the progression. But I'd be really interested to know that, you know, you said you were there from, from the transition from Justin TV to Twitch. Um, you mentioned, you know, kind of StarCraft being the, I guess, Emmett's, the thing that he was watching and it, and it kind of a, appealed to, a, to a, a pivot idea. Now, Twitch is coming back around where you're starting to see, you know, like Justin TV was life casts. And now you're seeing, you know, you've got your video games on Twitch, but now it's going into like Bob Ross and mm -hmm. like things that are, you know, the, the creative 
component in general isn't like we I just mentioned piano impro man right like all yeah. these things are coming back around where you're going back into 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 life casting is that is that the intention is will Twitch's you know number one mission always be video games or eventually is it is it, it will will it do you see it broadening or I mean uh, can you even talk about this like I don't I don't know where where this yeah yeah no totally crosses yeah. lines. Our we're we're never going to change our core mo. We're we're about gamers and we're about the gaming community first, always. We're always going to be like that. Don't worry guys, it's it's going to be okay. Uh, <laughs> when we've experimented with new content verticals, it's always been with nerd culture in mind, so mm -hmm. we want we don't want to do anything that feels unnatural to our community. And yeah, we have had those uh, those moments uh, of 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 tension between you know, is this gaming? Does this fit on Twitch? Uh, and, and I think those are extremely valid questions and important for the community to discuss at large. Um, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, we've always structured this with: is it does it make sense for nerd culture? Mm -hmm. um, when we polled our users, they said, yeah, we do want to see uh, free music concerts. Yeah, we do want to see this type of content um, as well as gaming. Um, so. It's a tough balancing act. Um, we we we're we're always cognizant of what the community is saying and thinking, and we're gonna we're gonna look to the community to see where what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. Um, but that said, I mean, I didn't see anyone complaining about piano impro man. Like that was just no. pure magic, yeah. pure gold. It was beautiful. Uh, we we you know that we're changing his life. Uh, people around the world know about this guy now uh, when they might not have before. Mm -hmm. Guys like Kyle Landry, there's other musicians uh, that have made it really well. Uh, there's other artists that are creating amazing artwork on Twitch now. And uh, the fact that we've been able to facilitate that I think is awesome. Um, Physical of course. It's been really cool, like the guy yeah. making like the arm guards and things. What yeah, about the festivals I, though, Ben? Have you seen a problem with that? Like that seems to get some some kind of the music festivals. Yeah, that seemed to get some pushback. Like that's that's the biggest thing. Uh, you mentioned push. Like that seemed to be the thing that got the most pushback from the community. Is that true? It, we also did it first. <laughs> um, I think now that folks are a little bit more used to creative broadcasts and music broadcasts on Twitch, it probably would be a little bit easier to broadcast a festival and get less pushback just because folks have warmed up to the idea. I mean, they didn't like the nipples too, right? Wasn't that the thing? Oh. It was like, you know, like nipples can't be on Twitch. And then there was like dudes that were like, had their shirts off at the festival with their nipples. Yeah. Out, and it was like this like yeah. weird, like, what, how do you even, how do you even deal with that? Like, that seems like such a stupid problem to have. Uh, if you have any questions about that, just email <laughs> Twitch support. No, <laughs> up on Twitter. Uh, it's not my realm. I'm going to stay away yeah, from that one. You're not even really involved in esports anymore. So like no, nobody can um, give you shit for anything, right? Like this is you're, <laughs> you're, 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 this is carte blanche. No, actually they totally can because uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Just tweet um, at him. No, uh, look, uh, I, I, I understand why people might have reacted poorly. But mm -hmm. that said, dude, I, I, w I went through my most watched Twitch channels of, uh, sorry, you can't do this as re everyday users. I just use some super secret tooling on the back end to figure it out. And Ultra Music Festival was one of my top 20 just from that weekend. Wow. I watched it all weekend. It was and great. Amazing time. Yeah. Like, I really did. Like, I was so shocked with how much fun I had just at my computer chair dancing with, like, all the people at Ultra. You so. felt like you were in Miami, didn't you? I really did. Like <laughs> I was so surprised to say that and feel that, but I, I yeah. actually did. So, yeah, I, I totally understand why people might react negatively. I enjoyed the shit but, out of it. That's yeah, the thing. Is like, I loved people, it. The real you... users like the stuff, and then there's yeah. like everybody else that complains about it. There's, there's always going to be the mo the extremely vocal minority, and when I say minority, I mean like 
the one percent of people that are furious about this the guy that can afford the view bot and like is gonna bot the, the <laughs> chat and, and post the same thing over and over again that guy <laughs> they're gonna go on reddit they're gonna go on twitter but yeah anyway so i don't know like uh i don't know to, to kind of bring it all together i know you have to get to, to work at some point in the next 20 ish minutes um and I'm, yeah. i want to be super respectful of your time thank you so much for, sure. for being on um so tournament winnings, I, I think that's an interesting just topic to kind of at least come come back around on. Um, 64 million in 2015. Do you see continued growth for both that that prize pool related to Twitch and these other live streaming platforms? You know, I, I think that this is also something that is just a one part of the ecosystem. Um, I, I I don't want to make the claim that increased prize pool is directly tied to increased viewership. Although, if you think about it, I guess that they've had a similar trajectory of of exponential growth over the years. If you uh, look at the data, it makes a lot like but, it's hard to like, can't yeah. do, you know are are those correlated or is you know causation like it like what what how are these connected? So the, the vast majority of the the prize pools that we've seen the increase in prize pool and, and the prize pools in general that we've seen in esports is because of the publishers and developers. You know, Call of Duty does a million dollar league. StarCraft II has more millions. Heroes of the Storm is, is gonna have millions this year. Dota 2, obviously with 20, 18 million in the last TI, which is a huge chunk of the 60 million that you quoted. Mm -hmm. uh, league of Legends, millions. Even Street Fighter has $500,000 on the line. Mortal All of this coming yeah. from publishers yeah. and developers. So, um, it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing, right? Um, they see the value in esports because people are watching the streams. That it's a marketing tool for for publishers and developers more than anything, mm -hmm. uh, and that justifies their them making massive investments and, and justifies Activision Blizzard, you know, investing tens potentially tens of millions in the esports this year, uh, and uh, so and making a uh, game kind it, of for it, 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 right? Like Overwatch yeah. is inspired by the esports trend, it seems. Yeah. I think so. I, I think it is. Uh, so it is really a chicken or the egg thing. I wouldn't say prize money is because of viewership. I would say prize money is because publishers and, and developers see how they can utilize esports as a marketing tool for the game, as a retention tool for the game that keeps people playing, that keeps people interested for years and years and years to come. Mm -hmm. So then they invest money and then it goes back into the viewership and to the players and yeah. it's just helping the whole ecosystem grow together. Uh, uh, yeah. So how That's can we help to continue? My answer. How can how can we help to continue to grow it? Right. Like the, if if um, like what like are there are there things that on on the inside that we don't know about that we're maybe blinded to because some of us listen to Thorne or Richard Lewis or other people and and tend to not not see what's important in the scene. What can what are things that people can that normal people like myself can do to impact the scene to, to help to like let these developers know that I want you know my favorite game to be an eSport or that like uh, you know how, how, how can I speak to these these entities that are up there that maybe won't listen hmm. because I'm a petulant child that's complaining how, how can I actually be effective you know what I mean like because I, I tend to do that on the internet you know on reddit whatever it is right like make a point that kind of digs my own grave for me and then no no one no corporate entity will listen to that so how, how, how do I how do I effectively create change in the space as just a normal hmm. dude or, or woman? Uh, that's that's an interesting question. I you know I haven't I haven't thought a lot about that. Uh, it, I, Sorry, I kind of threw that on just for everybody else. Yeah. I threw that on him. <laughs> yeah, don't. I mean, don't get discouraged. I mean, you should always just speak up for what you think is right in the scene. Um, 
know, I, I am very vocal on social media all the time, uh, probably more vocal than I should be. You know, even with Overwatch, I'm the biggest Overwatch fanboy on the planet. That said, every time Blizzard talks about a new patch or new developments, I go, oh man, this is awesome, but where's spectator mode? Where's stopwatch mode? Like, where are these esports features? You know, mm -hmm. I'm not uh, as big of a Blizzard fanboy and Overwatch fanboy as I am. I'm still going to be as vocal as I can be about the issues that really matter. Um, even if even if no one upvotes them, even if only a couple people see them, I know that Blizzard does watch Reddit. You know, they've talked about the fact that they watch Reddit um, and, and and care about what the community thinks many, many times. So don't get discouraged. Uh, keep fighting for what you believe in um, and, and, and speak up when you believe uh, when others uh, stand up for things that they believe in that you that you might also agree with. You know, it's it's pretty easy um, to to get discouraged and just say, oh, no one cares. No one's no. You know, I'm not getting the I'm getting downvoted. Like I didn't get any responses. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think that's the right mentality. You should always be vocal. Um, and I, you know, honestly, um, maybe a little bit uh, out of out of left left field, but that's why I think sh I think shows like this are great. You know, it's. Right now, um, I've been trying to prove for the longest time, or I've been trying to make a case that there's such a thing as an esports generalist. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't been able to make this case yet, because so many people just watch their own their, their one game mm -hmm. and are tangentially interested in maybe two or three other games. That super general esports content hasn't really taken off yet. Um, I think that that is not. I think this is also a chicken or the egg thing because there isn't really enough, there aren't really enough people trying to facilitate content and community for general esports fans. This is mm -hmm. why I'm a I'm a moderator on the esports subreddit. I've been trying to grow this thing for years. Growth has been very very slow. Um, you know, uh, shows like this might not have a, a crap ton of viewers, but I think I think that this this concept of esports generalist is going to be extremely important for the growth of the industry and like the the not just the not just in terms of raw numbers like each game is growing fast enough right now new yeah. games are growing the entire esports space uh, as a whole fast enough but i personally believe that esports generalists are going to be important uh in defining like you know uh, generalized rules about player unions things like uh, about how to uh how to structure tournaments and uh you know things like this like Foundational structural aspects of esports, I think, are really going to be super important over the next couple of years, uh, and I think we're going to start to see them develop more so. And I think you people watching this podcast right now, watching live on Twitch right now, those who subscribe to the Reddit esports subreddit and just support esports generalist, uh, you know, uh, conversations like uh, just uh, all of that stuff. I think that's going to be extremely, extremely important moving forward, and. Um, I think we, 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 as the very few generalists right now, should do our best to make sure that we bring in as many people as possible, be as inclusive as possible, uh, you know, be as kind and genuine to each other as possible. Uh, there's way too much infighting and, and mm -hmm. shit-flinging right now from the folks that are you know, within the esports space. Yeah. And I, I just think we need to be as inclusive as possible and uh, help grow this whole thing together rather than uh, bicker over the minutia. Rather than fighting in the muck and the mire, I guess that's been the theme, right? Like yeah. try, to, try to get up over top of all of it. And I guess being a generalist, right? Like any of those types of things, um, it, al it allows for more people to get into esports, right? Like there's the dads of the world that only have 15 minutes 
but they still love video games and they love esports and they want to know something. So I mean, that's I mean that's we have that whole nutshell news series that that uh, yeah you know, Mark I love does. it. I love that show. I, I watch like literally every episode. You know, I mean, I, he works so hard on that. Like that takes does. a lot of time and effort and all that you know, to, 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 to to learn about all this stuff. And I think that's really yeah. the challenge right now is that it's candidly work. Like it's legitimate work to go through and see what is everyone doing in every esport and to keep up on it every day and to then at the end of the week have something that you can pump out. Like there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot going on. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I'm fascinated by it. I, I subscribe to the majority of the, the major esports subreddits. I try to follow every single scene as closely as I can. You know, even even before I started working at Justin TV, a um, little bit of I guess about the origin, but I was obsessed with live broadcasting before I started working here uh, at Justin TV, and then eventually Twitch. Uh, I was so obsessed that games that I didn't care at all about, like Heroes of New Earth. Whenever there was a Heroes of New Earth tournament, this is prior to League of Legends blowing up, it would get 10, 20K. I was freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, this is the biggest moment ever. I've never seen viewership like this. Before I got into fighting games, I remember seeing Evo getting 20,000 concurrent viewers. And this is just so important for the entire scene because it, it's kind of un, it was unprecedented at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and that's always been really a strong part of my passion is not just not just one scene or the other scene, but esports as a whole, how do we grow this? You know, how do we support the industry? How do we build foundations uh, that can that can make this thing more stable uh, and you know less risky for folks to devote their time into? Especially young, these young kids, right? Like a lot of times, yeah. it's it's we got to. I, I I mean, I feel a sense of responsibility as a what am I? Twenty six. Like I, I, as a kid playing Halo, like growing up and being like, I want to do that. And like, you know, like looking at these guys on like USA Network and being like, I want to be like those guys. And like growing up in a Walshy. way where, yeah, like I wanted to do those things. And I, I think that esports used to be a place where there were some kind of snake oil salesmen attracted and it was kind of a, a grimy, like I always like to point to Angel Munoz as kind of like that. Just don't do that. And like the... <laughs> now it seems like there's some really good people involved. Like I, I know we, you know, we we we've, we've alluded to some some people that are at the higher positions that are not acting in a professional manner, which I know I'll get shit on if I ever use that word. But um, there are some really good people in in the industry that really care and want to grow it positively, like yourself. I mean, I mentioned before your you know your 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 friend. I'm not going to say his name on air, um, but like other people that tend to impact the scene in a really really positive way. Um, like is is there is there any like a book I can read a, a podcast I can listen to, like things that I can start to do to to get into that mind space where you know if I'm a I'm a Reddit user who is constantly pulling from the shit slinging like who do I listen to that's a good person to listen to who who do I follow on Twitter that's like a a positive influence on on the space that isn't gonna bring me down or change you know create create a negative opinion yeah I'm, everybody and I mean everybody who's been successful in esports it's come from a source of passion originally. Like there's no, there's almost, there's almost not a single soul that's in the scene today that just suddenly supplanted themselves. Um, you know, that's changing now as venture capitalists do move into the space, as mainstream sports uh, folks do move into the space. But most of the personalities and the individuals that are at the forefront have been doing this for years and years and years are extremely passionate about it. And it, when you're extremely passionate about it, you can tend to get heated uh, tend to take things very personally, uh, and that does that does happen a lot um, with folks that have been doing this for a long time. But there's still so many people that are just passionate, right? Uh, and you got to find those people. I mean, uh, it might take a little bit of sifting, but they're out there. 
um, and, and they, they care uh, just as much as you do about the longevity of these scenes, the growth of these scenes. I mean, everybody wants to see this thing grow. Nobody, nobody doesn't. Um, it, so there's a lot of great people out there. Um, that's not to say that the esports industry still doesn't have a little bit of scum and slime. You know, people still get abused. Prize pools still get withheld. Um, player salaries still are not getting paid. Uh, you know, we just saw recently that Martin Scarelli or however you say, Kelly, whatever, however you say his name, somehow, yeah, somehow even he is in our space, uh, not paying salaries and being a total douchebag. Um, so yeah, you still got to be careful, but there's, there's more than enough people out there who are just so incredibly passionate about it. Um, and you'll see them, you'll see them around. I mean, I, I, I could name names, but then no, 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 yeah. and I'd be then I'd be calling out favorites. Um, but you can, <laughs> well, you can, you can, on Twitter. you can, you can, you can <laughs> kind of smell it on people too, right? Like that they're like an authentic person that really, really cares versus somebody that's kind of a yeah. shitter that has their own opinion and their own agenda. Um, so I mean, yeah, follow fish sticks on Twitter uh, to everybody who and wants follow to these guys opinion. esports maybe uh, follow follow them here on Twitch, uh, subscribe to their YouTube. Like I, I really I love what you guys are doing. Like, and that's not just because I'm on your Thank show. You. Um, I I really wish there was more people uh, watching and creating content like this because um, it's really small right now. It's like absurdly small how many people are just devoted to the esports industry as a whole. Like even the general shows like Chan Man's Unfiltered that do pretty well, they're still very specifically about like the hot topic drama issue. It's not about the whole industry, you know, holistically as much as I'd like to see. So, um, yeah. So what are some topics for the future you'd like to see this discussed on the show? Like I've discussed, you know, we talked about some deep dives. Uh, last week we did taboos and esports. The week before that we did why we watch esports. I mean, I've got a list out the, the, the bunghole of, of, of yeah. ideas, but I'd love to know, like, um, you know, what are what are some deep dive things that you feel like need to be discussed in esports or, you know, research that really needs to be done that really hasn't hasn't been bought, brought to the forefront? I mean, uh, we already talked about it for the last 15 minutes or so, but I personally <laughs> think this conversation about I'm just excited. generalists, <laughs> right. uh, I, I think I, I'm really interested in it on a personal yeah. level. And, you know, now that ESPN has launched, it's created a platform for esports generalists mm -hmm. to just learn about as many scenes as possible. <laughs> You could argue that Ghost of Gamers, et cetera, have done this in the past, but I would also counter-argue that ESPN is doing it in a more seamless way than anyone ever has before. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's a really interesting discussion, is just how, how big is this group? How can we grow this group? Um, I like, think the, uh, the other thing that's, that's just the most obvious right now is just how much money is coming from outside sources all of a sudden, 2015, 2016 already uh you know you have nba legend rick fox trying to trying to start teams in like every major esport all at once what happens when the previously eg you know and good game and all their teams was by far the richest entity in esports all of a sudden you have venture capital firms with hundreds of millions of dollars in oh 10 million here 10 million there no big deal yeah. you have uh mainstream sports um, luminaries like Mark Cuban, oh, ten million dollars here and there. You, <laughs> I was getting have, ready to bring uh, up the cubes. Have, yeah, <laughs> you have like literally some of the biggest venture capital firms in Silicon Valley are investing in the space. Yeah. Uh, so what what happens when you know Cloud Nine, EG, these insanely successful teams, and not to mention, you know, 
the esports leagues, uh, like the big leagues, what happens when all of a sudden they're no longer the richest? In fact, they are tiny in terms of capital compared to these other entities. I think that's going to be a very interesting development 2016, 2017. Um, another really interesting one is the franchising and the mainstream sportsification of esports. I think it's inevitable, man. Like, we are going to see one of the major, and we're already seeing it with League of Legends, obviously, um, be, move closer and closer and closer to mainstream sports, right? It, it's it, the, the leagues are getting closer to um, managing and having more and more control over the teams with, in the case of LCS and League of Legends. Uh, I think the same thing is going to happen with uh, another eSport within the next couple of years. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know who's going to be able to do it. But now that we have, like I said, these these huge firms, these these television companies, these sports entities, these venture capital firms coming into the space, somebody is going to try to bring all of the teams under a league structure and really own the teams and control the teams more so. And is that a natural development? Is that good for the scene? Is that bad for the scene? Who knows? I think that... That would be my next topic that that I would I would definitely discuss. What esport do you see moving in that direction though? Like the the next big thing besides that, do you think it's going to be like a Counter Strike or a Dota, or you think it's going to be Overwatch? I, I know you think that you know you're, you're yeah, a fan I mean, of Counter Strike so. is certainly closest right now. Mm -hmm. Like uh, it seems to me like Turner with the TBS league, they might be trying to do that already. Mm -hmm. um, you know. I don't think they're going to be successful at this point. I mean, they're just entering the space yeah. right now. And like E-League is probably the worst brand name I've ever, ever <laughs> seen in my life. Um, no, there's been worse. I take it back. Um, but is yeah, there's the rivalry and competition there. I hear there's, there's, there's drama in, in, in the, the, it sounds like there's a, uh, anyway, look, stop it. No, I don't even <laughs> stop, stop that right now. <laughs> I won't work on the esports team at right. Twitch, so that that just deflected. Just I don't. Yeah. I'm not in. I'm not in the conversation at all. That's all. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> thank you, Ben. Um, franchising in esports, I am super interested in seeing where that goes yeah. moving forward. Holy shit! Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially because it's a game, right? Like nobody owns basketball, but like Riot owns League of Legends, mm -hmm. so they have this this kind of level of control that nobody else does, right? It's their game. Like, you're not going to, what, are you going to go make another League of Legends and play that separate from them? No. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah. I now have three really good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. I appreciate that. Um, thank you to everybody who's watching. Um, <clears throat> man, like, I guess I'll call you the eSports generalist now, Ben. Um, <laughs> that, that'll be your new thing. Okay. Until, until, until you're on, in some, someday far in the future and we have one of these topics and I'm like, you have some new title that I found an interview of you, you know, introducing yourself as, I don't know, like the badass of esports or whatever. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, fo yeah. Follow Ben at, at Fishsticks um, on the Twitter X. with with an X uh, and Fishsticks one on on the Reddit's. Um, yep. You're a great moderator on that on that esports subreddit. Thank you for. Um, I mean, dude, I don't I don't I don't have enough time. Like, <laughs> if anyone listening right now has some ideas about how we can make that subreddit grow faster and, and more interesting place. Let me know, because uh, it's been slow going. <laughs> I, I saw it got hacked. I, I, I appreciate it. Thank didn't it, you. Didn't it get like a hack or something? Or like uh, yes, that, like, that did happen. Yes, we fixed that very quickly. How does that happen? Is that like somebody like found the guy's thing and like got into his account? and? Uh, yes. Um, 
the subreddit was created by two people who I have not heard from uh, since they gave me mod. I, I asked for moderation about four or five years ago because uh, they already had owned the eSports subreddit. Uh, and they have gone AFK, and I don't know where they are. Um, so unfortunately, I think one of them got hacked. Okay. Well, I hope I hope that that you know you're able to maintain your position in the moderation team for a long time because it's pretty great. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll keep doing it. Yeah. Keep keep at keep at that. Um, I mean, if you you know, we're always happy to help. Um, ben, best beard in the business. Thank you so much. I'm, there's both Bens here, so hey. it's like you know, yep. who am I Thank talking you. to? Right? Um, I'm your host, Patrick. Uh, Please just follow them. It's at JSFA Manimal and at Fishsticks with an X. I'd, and follow Esports Maybe, of course. That's probably yes, it. follow Esports Maybe, the Esports Generalists. So. Yeah, that's a, I guess that's what we'll call ourselves. We have sure, to prove. I like we it. have to prove that this is a thing. Please. I want to prove it. Please. Well, it's, we'll, 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 I'll, I'll talk to Mark after this, and I'm sure yeah. he's listening and getting excited about the idea of an Esports Generalist. Yeah. Uh, I, I, can, I can see Mark's smile. I can see his smile already through the internet. Like yeah, if, you, if you watch any of our other videos, he's like the really, really good looking guy with the yeah. high production um, and like, just like incredible research. Um, so, anyway, thank you, ladies and gents. Uh, this has been episode three of the Esports Review. That's a review with a U, as, as the way the French say it. Um, the importance of live streaming in esports, as we discussed today, uh, with, with good old Ben Goldhauer. Uh, thank you, Ben Sizemore, for being here and producing and running all of this 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 flaming uh, garbage truck on fire. Thank you. Kind of redundant. Flaming. It's no longer a garbage, garbage truck. Garbage truck on nope. fire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. Anyway, have a great day. Uh, until next time, I'm Patrick Ryan, and this has been the Esports Review. Take care.